I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. I am not a doctor. This might help. I'm not a professional. Let's have fun. This honestly is a good time. I'm Matt Bronger. This might help the podcast. Welcome to This Might Help, the only advice podcast that has ever mattered. Uh, I have a friend on the show, uh, and uh, he's, a, he's a writer and a really fun dude, too, which I, is maybe my, my favorite combination, if someone can be creative and also not a twat. Uh, please welcome uh, the author of How to Be a Pirate, as well as several other things, Isaac Fitzgerald. How are you, man? Oh, Matt, thank you so much for having me. That's, that's actually what I say about you all the time, too. I say he's just a beautiful, talented man who's not a son of a bitch, you know? Just, thank you. Yeah. You know, kind of that's, that's all. You know, I was talking with um, Roy Wood Jr. last week about how when you can find people you can stand is just, you know, this, it, that's the start. And it can go to something so much more. But the first one is hard sometimes. Yeah. Not, especially, it's not, as you, especially as you get older. Yes, exactly. You're exactly. Ta- you, you know, you, you get better taste in people, I think, as you mature, as you grow. And so, and so the fact that you can, you meet somebody, you're like, oh no, I could tolerate this person. Maybe there's a next level. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, um, Renee, Renee jumped off, producer Renee, uh, super producer Renee jumped off for a second ago because you heard us talking about getting vaccinated i know I, I got one i have one shot you have at least one right oh yeah i got one shot i'm a pfizer ho uh yeah. what do you what are you working with what are you working with um moderna uh love a moderna Popo, whatever yeah i i, I kind of was like i i had a i had a friend of a friend who um they're very much one of those people who that this is right now the thing that's been annoying me the most about this whole situation just annoy not hits me off the most but just the the, the ever present uh, uh presence of well look I, I know what the scientists and everything said but you know i heard so please no don't please do the word of mouth and so this person at one point chimed in and was like well no 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 no, no. don't get this one get the other and you're like whatever one they have That's i'm just gonna take it Listen, I was hoping for Johnson and Johnson, baby, one and done. That's what I like, just like a right. quick. So, so one, I understand that. Two, I'll say this about my vaccine experience: you can take. I listen. I grew up. I grew up in uh, a dual childhood, basically very inner city, but also very in the sticks. Mm-hmm. And you can take the boy out of the sticks, but you can't take the sticks out of the boy. There's sure. a part of me. I have a small voice in the back of my head still that does not trust medicine. Mm-hmm. Dentists are the mechanics of the human body. Doctors are not to be trusted. There's a part of me that the sure. vaccine, there, you know, I've got that questioning part. And that's why it was so important to me that I signed up, got it done right away because I right. knew that that was like a bad voice in my head. Because sure. the fact of the matter is, is we're all in this together and it's a way mm-hmm. to be a good citizen right now. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And it's like, you know, I understand people's reticence and the, I understand the, the, the mistrust and stuff. But at, at a certain point, you got to kind of weigh the two and go, all right, I'm just going to jump in this way. Yeah. If it's, if, it's, if it's the brave way, it's the brave way. And know? I also want to see people. Let's talk about this, though, real quick. Matt, I get it. Pandemic, very hard, rough time for the entire sure. country. But you're looking good, man. <laughs> what have you been doing? What have you, how have you been? Hoisting, hoisting a baby is mostly it. Uh, and, um, <laughs> Little you know, road, like, right? we, 
grows. Yeah, we we uh, my wife and I have a have like the home exercise stuff that we do, and um, we 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 kind of always would do like classes a couple times a week. We've been doing that for a couple years before the pandemic hit, and um, it's it's kind of it's it's just that, and also just not being a a, a, a full bore maniac like I was in much of my thirties, <laughs> where the whole this whole I mean I, I I miss I miss the feeling of thinking you'd never die. I miss that, but at the same time. <laughs> What I have now is a lot more valuable, and in and in, in, in a way, it's, it's it's just it's just as enjoyable. It's just different, you know. So I still I still party. I still eat what I want more often than not. But it's it all all it is is just just figuring out what's worth what really what's worth it, you know. <laughs> you would argue you're more aware of your own mortality. Yes, and and, and <laughs> not, to get, not to get heavy. No, no, no. It, it's it, it's that, but on a on a more minute scale, it's. How, how long I want with this kid and this wife, you know, in, in, a, in a way. And, and also, that's you, beautiful, you man. Look yourself in their eyes and you kind of, and you value yourself more. Not that you need to be in a, in a relationship to, to see yourself in a better light, but I kind of did, you know, and-, and, and yeah, That's beautiful. <laughs> I can tell, you've been, have you been doing mental health? You've been doing a little therapy? You've been, I, 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 I do do, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. The one reason I, I started doing this podcast and the one before, which was kind of the, the much more, much less focused version of this, which was advice from a dipshit, uh, was because I would, I would crack my therapist up a lot. And, you know, and I was like, I was like, I, I kind of like how Dak Shepard with the arm, armchair expert, he wanted the feel of an AA meeting and mm -hmm. how everyone just locked, lets down their guards and just, you can share anything without judgment and fuck it. And so my thing is more of a, you know, two people who, who go who go to therapy or don't kind of talking about whatever and, and finding, you know, because because more often than not, you get off on tangents in therapy that sometimes help. So it's like, I, I, I don't want to go have a guest on and be like, all right, what's your deal, man? You know, mm -hmm. let's get into it. Let's help you. Mm -hmm. No, the, 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 the phonetics of the podcast is this might help. <laughs> I don't know. Look, try this. This and, might help. I don't know. And, and of course, I know that because I listen to it and I, abs I absolutely love it. But okay. it's, it's, I feel like you are, and I can say this because I, you know, I, you and I have known each other for a little while, like not, mm -hmm. not super tight, but like we've known each other over the years. Yes. And you are somebody that I would absolutely take advice from. And that's, I think that's the reason why I take, you know, because that's not true of everybody. You, you watch certain no. arcs and you're just like, well, yeah. No. But, but Matt, I really, I, I applaud the things that you've pulled off and the way you've dedicated yourself to your art and your craft Thanks. and everything that you've done over the past few years. Oh, thank, hey, you too, man. I, I really dig the fact that you're not only an accomplished writer, but you reach out and, and help other people who are trying to do the same thing and also contribute to, to, um, to the community. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I, one thing I'll say for, for, for what I do in the, and the kind of the gang of clowns I'm in is that we, we often get these, these, these outward criticism where people are like, well, deep down, every, every comedian is a, is a, is a, is a, is a scumbag, right. And, and a, and an evil person and they're shitty and they make people laugh, but inside they're the saddest people. And I'm like, that's, that's not true. Like most comedians I know are, 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 are great. Like they're very fun to be around they're not always on. 
and they're and they're generally speaking kind. Yes, they're self-centered, but I think more often than not, we're just more in touch with our self-centeredness. So we know how to kind of adjust to it and we are aware of, of how dangerous it can be. You know what I mean? Because we have chased it to the bottom. Yeah, yeah no, and that's too much. I, I would argue in sometimes uh, some of the stories that are told are more of Aesop's fables. They're more of like, hey, look at how close I got. You don't need to do it like this. But you're absolutely right. Some of the best storytellers I know, and of course, like I'm in the literary world, I hang out with a bunch of maniacs as well. But there's a there's a lot of a Venn diagram, like you know, these two yes. circles absolutely overlap because we're all storytellers. And yeah. everything that's done in the comedian art form or in the writing art form, it's about connecting with people. It's about reaching that person who feels like their experience is maybe very, very alone. And then somebody <laughs> on stage or in a book says something that they've thought or they've experienced. And then all of a sudden they feel less alone, right? Yeah. And that's amazing. But the fact of the matter is you can burn out very, very quickly if you're a maniac 24 seven. Don't get me wrong. Some yeah. of those 24 seven maniacs are brilliant. Yeah, it's exactly but, right. But, but there's, there's something, there's a balance that has to be found. Yeah, and as someone who has let the let his ego take the wheel far too many times in his life, like you, you, you know, I, I've kind of not certainly not grown out of it, but it's still that it's always there. But it's it's this thing that I have to kind of push back on. Like for you, you know, you mentioned a lot of your stuff is Aesop Fable, where it's just like, oh, don't don't do it, don't do what I, Uncle Isaac did, you know, like. Um, do you, do you, can you, can you think of an example offhand? Of oh, something? I can, I can tell you a perfect example, which is, I mean, I could, I could tell you numerous stories on that, but the, the one is, it's not to take this incredibly literary, like literally, but um, I was in my twenties. I was in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Oh yeah. New Hampshire, because I'd worked, I used to work on the islands. So there's this, there's this group of islands. They're called the Isles of Shoals. They're 10 miles off the coast from Portsmouth, New Hampshire. You have to yeah. take a boat to get there. Yeah. On those islands, there are no roads. There are no movie theaters. There are no cops. There's nothing. It's like an old 1800s hotel. We like to call it, it's like Dirty Dancing meets The Shining. Because oh. it's so much fun. All the workers are having a blast, but it's also like a little creepy. It's a little scary. Yeah. But anyway, when you get back to the mainland, you like to have a blast. And there was one morning, I'd gone to the mainland, had a hell of a Saturday night. I woke up, it was Sunday morning. We all kind of dragged ourselves to a diner. And I saw a friend that we had lost the night before walking across the parking lot. He had come off the boat with us. We'd gone to the party together. He had just disappeared. We're at the diner. I see him walking across the park. I run out and I immediately do just a cop slide if it was over one of our friend's car, what a beautiful moment. But it wasn't. It was over just a stranger's car. And the stranger, of course, hits the brakes as quickly as possible. They're not into this beautiful glamorous shop that I have in my mind. So instead of sliding right over the hood and onto the other side, the car just shot, stops and I just hit the ground. And I don't hear this, but my friend tells me that this is what happened because they kind of run out with me. Our friend was still in the parking lot. They said a father was walking with his daughter and he looked at the daughter and said, don't ever do what that man does. And he apparently said does. And that was the beauty of the whole thing. He didn't say, don't ever do what that man did. 
He said, like, as if I would like, like, just, just know what that man does at all times and never do it. No, yeah, don't be, don't be that person. Don't be that person on well, a that's Sunday. That's who he is. You see yeah. what he just did? That's who he is deep down inside. Don't he do that. What about, that. what about yourself? A time that you learned a lesson. Oh God. Um, I, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find one that's not overly like, I have all these ones that, that go on and on <laughs> that I just kept digging and digging. Um, but I think, let me see off the top of my head. Oh, just in a, in a, in a, in, in a, right off the top of my head, I remember coming back from college and going to a New Year's Eve party with a bunch of friends I went to high school with. And a lot of people I went to high school with were there. And, you know, we're all getting, uh, you know, a little, 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 little wasted and high. And I just was like, uh, you know, what's a cool, like, I remember the thought in my head, no one'd be a cool move. If I went over to that girl who I kind of know from high school, but we're not friends or anything. And right at the, at the, Happy New Year, it's midnight. Just try to plant one on her face. Just try to give her a kiss. And kind of weaving over there and just fixing the hair, fixing the hair. Yeah, did fix the hair. And then she just kind of, then she just did the shark face and the back up and like was like, oh. And it's not even a, 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 a it's not a funny story, but it's that thing where I, it, 10 years later, or no, 20 years later, I was, I was doing a bit about like, don't, don't be the guy at New Year's Eve that does the shark face where he's yeah. just trying to kiss women uh, uh, because they're women and it's New Year's Eve. And why not? You, you can't just go in. No, it's exactly. And, and, that's, and that's the thing to remember is that there's gotta be a little bit of a conversation, these different aspects of it. To be fair, at your point, which you just said, there was a time lapse that had happened there was like many mm -hmm. movies that came out in the late nineties where that is exactly what they told you what to do. And sure. I don't know, Matt, where did you grow up again? Portland, Oregon. Yeah. So you're just out there, you're in Portland and you're just like, I don't know how to exist as a young man. And then sure. that is how that goes, but no. And, the, well, the, and I will say when you, when you, when you involve that amount of alcohol, there is this thing of, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think the, the, the 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 rules apply to me or you know we're all just loose in, a, in this big warm world especially yeah. when you're young yeah you know yeah uh, uh some some make men take it to horrifying lengths and those men uh need to be jailed but you know it's it's it, it is it does begin somewhere you yeah, know yeah. obviously it's it's a it's a position of privilege that anyone assumes when they're like I, the rules don't apply to me but it's a thing you don't you're not thinking that that sentence in your head if you thought that sentence in your head you'd be like jesus christ what am i but it's more of a feeling you know you See, get now, older you ignore it you go no shut up this <laughs> makes me want you to just write new aesop's fables like like matt b's fables like what about well, some modern you should do that you should <laughs> you should do the perspective of like the 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 younger version of the grandpa in uh how to be a pirate just to just listen like i'll tell you some stories of things i've done or seen because yeah. it's like i think you expand outside your own your 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 life and the people you've known like we've all had that one friend who did the most and that one friend who did the least and tried to do the most and it didn't work and and you know just the variances 
A hundred percent. Can I tell, do we have time or do we have some questions or because I have a good story about sexy grandpa. Tell the sexy grandpa one and then we'll go to the first call. That's perfect. Okay. Okay, so here's the sexy here's the sexy grandpa story. For those of you that are watching or listening, you should yes. know that I wrote a children's book, and yes. you should know that that is a ridiculous statement that just came out of my mouth. It's great. My daughter loves it. The next thing you should know is that people do, yeah, children apparently they really love this children's book, which is wonderful. Like, what a wonderful reception to have for this book. It's called How to Be a Pirate. But the one thing I'm not going to give away any of the plot. Uh, you, you, you should just know this one thing about the aspect of the book, which was that for me, it was about tattoos. And in my mind, there was gonna be a grandfather who had tattoos. And in my mind, when I wrote the story, I pictured the grandfather as very buttoned up with a big bushy mustache, a tweed hat, like patches on a suit coat. Like sure. I think the whole point was that he was going to like roll up his sleeves and you would be surprised. Basically, I'm a roly poly guy. I was picturing me in about 10 to five years, you know, like it was sure. just going to be a roly poly grandpa. Okay. And as he rolled up his sleeves, you'd see the tattoos and you'd be surprised. I worked with a great illustrator. Her name is Bridget Berger. She did Uni the Unicorn. She's brilliant. She's an incredible illustrator. She knocked it out of the park on the entire book. But the first day I get drafts back from her, the one thing that jumps out is that the grandpa is not this roly-poly tweed hat wearing dude. He is the sexiest grandpa. He's hot. Right? He's, you've seen the book. He's hot, Matt. We can just call it, right? He's a hot grandpa. He is. So I'm about, you know, I'm looking at the whole thing. I love it, but I'm about to write a note. I'm about to be like, whoa. This grandpa's a little hot. And then I, I realized I didn't see it, but she, she'd sent it with a letter. And I opened the letter from Bridget. And she says, the first, like basically she talks about the plot of the book. And then she says, hey, and I also know you wanted the grandfather to be very buttoned up. But my father passed away a couple of years ago and he was an oil rig worker and he was covered in tattoos. I remember growing up with my father who's covered in tattoos. Oh. And I wanted to base the grandfather character on my father because when I have children, this book will be how they meet their grandpa. Oh, and wow. so of course, a tear comes to my eye. I write back, absolutely no notes. This is perfect. But what I don't tell her is we didn't have a title for the book at that moment. Oh, So the unnamed manuscript turned into Sexy Grandpa. For about five months and she worked on it i worked on it and then the publisher they were like you can't call it sexy grandpa so that's how it became how to be a pirate all right let's get into the first call nice on that <laughs> let's roll the first call hey matt i would love to hear you and isaac talk about how you are finding joy and hope in these very strange times thanks very much bye-bye cool Thanks for calling. Go, go ahead, Isaac. You you take first crack. That's a wonderful, wonderful. What a beautiful question. Yeah. Um, so listen, yeah, this year, I'm, I'm just going to be 100% honest. Like that's, I can just be a straight shooter. Uh, this year's been a rough year. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, so many people have experienced so many different types of hardship. And people have lost people. It's been 
it's, I mean, it's a pandemic. It, it, for me, for me, I've lived through a lot of historical moments at this point. I'm 38 years old. I've lived through a lot, but this really feels like a true thing that's affected the entire world in a very heavy way. Um, so for me, finding joy has been about going small. Mm. And I think that is the silver lining for me on this, I don't even want to say storm cloud, like it's a shit cloud, but the silver lining that I have found is going small. So especially like I was working a ton before this. I was like kind of one of those go, go, go. I was very much of that generation of like hustle, hustle, hustle. Yeah. What's the next thing? What can I get done? And this time for me gave me pause. Um, and I started working, like I live in a small neighborhood here in Brooklyn. I started meeting neighbors that I didn't even know. I started trying to help out with like groceries and like just little things that you can do to affect people in real life, for lack of a better word, IRL, during these this time of hardship. And then the other thing that I've been doing a ton of is walking. I've just, I've just been walking because the other thing about this pandemic is like we know if you're wearing a mask it is almost certainly relatively safe to be outside yes and i've lived i've lived in new york for like seven to eight years but i i was working so much i like i live in one of the greatest cities in the world but i was working so much that i knew my neighborhood and i knew where i worked and that's all i knew and so i've been taking the time to go on long meandering walks through different boroughs and different neighborhoods and just really trying to experience the place that I'm in. Because I mean, Matt, you have this too, you and I both, there's so much travel, there's all this other stuff. So yeah. I'm trying to experience the space that I'm in and that's how I've been finding joy. What about you? Well, uh, I got lucky because we had a kid during the pandemic and you know, when people are like, oh, was that hard? It's like, it was literally the opposite because I my job went away. So I could be there all the time. My wife now works from home. And so we had, I, I'm not grateful for the pandemic by any means, but I'm grateful for the time because I got to be with this person during these years. I didn't miss anything and I would have missed so much. And I, I'm, I'm a sad, I mean, I, if I'm on the road too long, I'll call my wife and be like, Hey, what are, what are you doing? She's like, all right, you just need to stop calling me, please. You know, <laughs> until like, you know, like to have that always, but in terms of the grand scheme, it's kind of not, not letting yourself I feel like the more often than not you drive yourself crazy without even realizing it you know how you know a really you know easy way to say it would be like oh don't don't let them get you down or don't let them but it's like even that saying it like that sounds like an effort what you're doing often is taking something and and you're not realizing how that you're choosing how to react and so I felt one one thing that's really helped me is this when I go I, I, I waited so long to have a kid and uh, there are times where I wish I would have married my wife years before I did. I was messing around, you know, like, like just, just was, was, was not focused on things well enough, but it was like, that was me then, this is me now. And there, we all have regrets in our lives and those come back to haunt us. And you're like, where would I be if I would have done this or done that or done this last or done this more? The butterfly effect is something that has given me like a lot of, uh, you know, um, grace because it's like every stupid mistake I made everything led to this every mm-hmm. 
everything I regret, if it hadn't have been gone down just like that, I wouldn't have it right now. And, you know, last thing I'll say is I remember Eddie Murphy was on uh, getting comedians in cars, getting coffee. And he, he, he was like, you know, times I was like, you've done everything, you've done so much. And he's like, what was the best part? And he was like, now, right now, today, this is the best part of my life. And oof, that's how I always looked at it. Now, now is the best. And so me just going, yeah, you just say that to yourself. And in kind of, so it's like, I guess I said a lot more than I was, you know, but it's, it's kind of, and, 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 you know, and also, you know, like Warren Zevon said, you know, what he said, you know, uh, savor every sandwich when he knew he had months to live. So it's like, it's all, it's, it's kind of all of that. And I just, I just feel like we've all been made to feel anxiety to the point where I, I, I didn't think it would be humanly sustainable. And we've made it through and we're still going, but it's like, it's just been, you know, so just take a step back from it. Walking is a great way, mm-hmm. you know, uh, connect with old friends. It, it, that That's, and, and, and give yourself. Having a child, uh, sure. but, but hang on. No, see, I, I do before, Matt, I do want to add, could, is there, is there a moment with, with Rose? Yeah. Is there a moment with your child like one of your fondest pandemic memory, because you've obviously done so much and spent, but I would love to, like what what has been like an incredible Matt moment with your child? You know, there, there, there's a lot of them because she cracks me up and she's gorgeous. Like this beautiful kid. Like she looks, she looks like the Gerber baby. She has like wavy hair and these like, these like iceberg blue eyes that like nobody in our family has. And- <laughs> Her hair, she's black Irish. So, like, you know, but, 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 you know, how cute and cuddly she is aside, I think if to, to pick one would probably be the time, the first time I got her out of her crib and she looked right at me and locked eyes and had this look of like, hey, it's you, like, cool. And she's just staring at me the way I've been staring at her for weeks. It was that, and I, other dads had warned me about that, about like when she sees you and you know she knows it's you and she's really happy to see you. There's no better feeling in the world. And I, I remember I got that once. It was just like, whoa. And I just, I just had to take a second and just be like, this isn't, it's, it's that thing where, you know, it's, it's really annoying when a parent tells you they brag about their kid or all this stuff. But it's like, the thing I realized, I can't really explain how much you can love something like that. You just, it's just, and, and it, and that's, what's great about it. I would, so I, I would talk about anything besides how much I love my kid, because it's just something for me. You know, and, that, and, that's, and that's the thing. I think yeah. it, it brings it down to this local moment. Yeah. And what a, like, that was a very, like, extremely local moment between you <laughs> and your child. And, like, yeah. that, there has been these small little pockets of joy through this ridiculous, terrible yeah. task. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly right. Cool. I think that was great. Oh, awesome. Okay. Uh, hope that helped, caller. Thanks for being specific and brief. Uh, roll the next one. Caller number two. Hey, Matt. Love the podcast. Love your stand-up. Uh, I'm just dealing with the dilemma that I'm not really sure what I want to do, but I'll try to keep it short. So I'm 25. I have a stable career in a maintenance field that I could pretty much take and apply anywhere. Um, my dad lives 100 miles away from where I currently live. And he's not in the greatest of health, and I worry about uh, 
what would happen if he has failing health and I move, but mm-hmm. I'm also tired of living in North Dakota with nothing to do as a 25-year-old, and I've got friends from high school that are in Colorado, and I've got a couple friends that are in Washington State, and they've both been pulling me to move to one of those places, which I find both places very interesting, but I'm not exactly sure which I would choose or what I want to do, and I just wanted to see what your thoughts were on if I should move or if I should stay here and make sure my dad is doing all right. Uh, any advice you got, I'd really appreciate it. Boy, that's rough, man. I I, I think you got to live your life. But what you can do is have uh, people that check on your father. Uh, you know, there, there's, a, there's a group called the Villages that my parents are heavily involved in, that what they do is they, they create networks of young and old people in neighborhoods that check on each other. And so if you could get your dad involved in something like that, if, if there's nothing, if there's no other relatives around or you have don't have any friends are staying behind who can't check on him you know, every couple of days, you know, get him a cell phone. Um, the thing is, look, man, you can book a flight right away from either one of those places where you can be back to North Dakota in hours. So if you need to come home, you can come home and you can come home often. If you're working at the maintenance job, you seem like you're doing all right. If you have the option, at no point where you like, it's going to be more expensive to live in Colorado or I don't know where you're looking for in, in Washington state, you know, but rates are going up everywhere. You never even mentioned that. So you're probably doing okay. So you can probably go home uh, and afford to a few times a year. And that's all a parent can expect for a person your age. I don't think you should be held hostage by your father's health as harsh as that might sound. So uh, Isaac, what would your advice be? Matt, I think you knocked it out of the park. This is what I'll say. One, I also uh, worked uh, maintenance back in the day. Um, And so congrats on having a good steady gig. And I get it. That feels really good, especially somebody your age at the age of 25. That's rad. And you want to take care of your family. And that's beautiful. And that's inherent. And that's, that's a really lovely thing. That said, um, I also, I'm somebody that didn't leave my home state. uh, Probably, I don't think until I was 17. Um, I remember now I travel a lot. I remember hundred miles felt like a very far distance, but to what Matt was just saying, it's actually not that far. You get a cell phone, you get, you're gonna find good neighbors. Like that's the beauty. The other, this is, we're talking about trust. We're talking about reaching out to your community a little bit. You're gonna find people that are gonna be willing to help. And the most important thing I think for you at the age of 25, and I think, I mean, I'm sure if you talk to your father, they would agree with this. And and if they wouldn't, then that's a whole other conversation. But the fact of the matter is, is that you are 25 years old. If you are feeling the pull, and if you're not, that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with staying put if you're not feeling the pull. But if you're feeling the pull, you can do it. You can go out there. There's a way to manage this to follow whatever dreams, expectations, or things that you want out of life while also still being a very good son. That does not mean sitting directly at that person's bedside until whatever happens next. Because that's the other thing. I come from a long line of people that treat their bodies like absolute garbage. And they live 
until they're like 97. So you you never like that nobody can tell what the future is going to hold. So I really, really would encourage you to if you're feeling it, go on the trip. 100 miles isn't that far. Get set up in a new place. And like Matt was saying, you can find a way to get back there immediately if you have to be. And I think your father might be really proud of that, that you have that adventurous spirit. And also, it's, if it's if it's if it's 50-50 with either place, start with Colorado. It's closer, you know, mm-hmm. for flight. And, um, you know, off the top of my head, if I had to pick one, just because I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and I've lived it, I'd, I'd probably do Colorado. It's amazing. It's gorgeous, you know. Um, so, yeah. And, and, and look, you're going to want to fly eat both those places first to see if you dig it, see if you, you like the feel, you know. I used to I used to have a, a, a t-shirt, I don't know what happened to it, that said um keep Spokane kind of gross. <laughs> but it's like off the top of my head, I was like, you could live pretty damn well. And there's some great bookstores and still old bars and like a thriving one of those places we got a thriving youth scene where they're kind of like uh taking the town back and not leaving. So it's interesting. Um yeah. But yeah, you know, you kind of just got to go find, go find, uh, go, go with, go visit your friends, pick, pick two weekends, go to weekend, one place, weekend, next place and see, find, find out some job prospects and just see about it and just keep talking to your dad about it. Hopefully he's not adding any pressure. It doesn't sound like he is. So you're being very responsible, but that's as responsible as you need to be. Yeah, exactly. I think that's absolutely right. That's the one thing I was going to say also is you're, you're 25 and I get it because I remember what it was like to be 25 too. You're like, I'm halfway to 30. Time to be an adult. I hate to tell you this. The years do get faster. You're not wrong, but uh, you got a lot. There's a lot of baseball left to play in your life. You're all right. So, so you gotta, you gotta get out there. So much it's, and you're, you know, it's not, you're only as old as you feel, but it's like, it's your life. Really? You, you can, it's yours. It's yours. So hope that helps, man. And you sound you sound very torn up by it. And I and I hope you're not. It's it's don't 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 put that on yourself. You're you're a good hearted person. So you know. Um, all right, cool. Thanks. Uh, third call. Okay. I, first of all, I really appreciate you saying that don't be too long thing because that's what makes total sense. Because as you can tell, I'm definitely one of those people. Secondly. Uh, all right, I have some question for advice. I have a girlfriend who I moved in with. I've had tons of girlfriends that never lived with one before. And it's wonderful and everything's going great, except sometimes I want to stay up and pass out or watch uh, Adult Swim, like like uh, Squidbillies or something stupid on TV, you know? And, like, she wants to go to bed exactly at 10, wake up exactly at 6, which I know is more productive. But, like, how do I not make her mad while still not having the exact same bedtime and wake-up time. Thanks. Oh, this is uh... Where's that with his name? It, it, guys, it's anonymous. If anyone calls in, don't don't leave your name. But I appreciate it. It's very kind of you. Um, Isaac, what would you what would you offer? Listen, man, so I, I got I got not the best advice on this because uh, I'm a little bit of what I would call a party monk which is I, uh, I, I don't live with anybody else. Uh, it's a conscious choice that I've made. Uh, I'm pushing 38 now. And uh, 
you know, I like, I like kind of doing what I want to do in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, but what I would say to this caller is that a relationship is all about communication, whether it be a friendship or, you know, a partner, whatever it is, it's all about communication. Mm -hmm. And communication doesn't mean telling the other person what you think they want to hear. Communication yeah. means expressing yourself honestly and with vulnerability and seeing what they have to say back to that. Because one, some people might surprise you. You might say to her, hey, some nights I want to stay up late and do this. And she might just say, you know what? That's great. I like having more of the bed on those nights anyways. I can just like stretch out, enjoy myself. Um, or you might have somebody who says, hey, you know what, that doesn't work for me. And then it's gonna be that, that's just all that is is they're putting the ball back in your court. And then yeah. it's about where your values are, what you care about more. Mm -hmm. um, the one thing I would, I would bring up and this, you know, this, I would feel like I, I don't have a true, I haven't written anything down on the philosophies of the party monks, but I'm trying to figure it out a little bit. You can't force maturity. Yeah. You can't, there's such a thing as growth. There's sure. such a thing as somebody lays out some goals for you and you reach them and you find that your whole life has improved and that's wonderful. But if you feel like you're faking it, yeah. if you are in a point where you feel frustrated by this, I'm telling you, it's probably not gonna work. But that's way on down the road. I would actually argue if you were open and honest with her and you had an honest, open conversation with her, you might be surprised by what her reaction is. That's exactly right. No, you nailed it. Uh, the only thing I'd add from my perspective is I didn't move in with anyone until I moved in with my now wife. Like that I, that I, I'd lived with women before, not that I dated. Uh, I'd lived with, you know, guys that were, you know, these are both male and female roommates. But it wasn't, I never pulled the trigger on living with anybody ever. I was always so afraid of, of that feeling of it's not going well. Now I have to move out. You know, that's like the lazy part of me. And also the, the, just the, 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 let's just nip it in the bud. This is, this, this will not go anywhere. You know, who knows? But I will say when I did go, you know, as my therapist put, put it, just try it. Try it. Doesn't work out. Leave. You know, and I did try and, and I did the same thing with getting married. I didn't really care if we were married or not. I was just like, I just want to be with this person. But I was like, that's what she wanted. And I was like, great. And we did it. And it got even better. And it was like, I don't know if I want a kid. Why don't I try it? And it's, you know, with that, at that point, there's no turning back from having a kid. But it was that thing. Like that was a life philosophy. So you're there. You like it. You like living with this person. You're just kind of still in that shit it's all going to go to hell now. And it's not going to go to hell. You just want to stay up. She doesn't want to, even if she is like, I really like when you go to bed with me, same time. I like going to sleep at the same time. I get that. I have a weird thing where I'll be reading my book and I'll look and make sure she's still reading her book. Cause I don't want, I, I, I feel like more alone sometimes if I'm up later reading a book with someone next to me, if she wasn't with me, I would fucking, I wouldn't care. But because there's someone else who's already asleep and it's, I kind of laugh at myself over that. So I get it from her perspective. But more often than not, the stuff that I'm always like, I wonder if it, you know, like, would she get mad if I go hang? Like, my wife has literally gone, hang out with your dude friends, get out of here. You know, why don't you stay up and just watch that horror movie you want to watch? 
why don't you do it? And you're like, oh. And so if you just say, look, two or three times a week, I just want to watch Squidbillies and pass out on the couch. You might be like, okay. Or that seems like a lot. How about once a week or what, or whatever, you know? And if you're like, I want to do it every night, that's it. You know, we just you roll. So roll with it. And uh, you know, it's just until, you know, you know, you don't know until you so. And, you, and you're going to figure it out and you're going to have those conversations that get you there as long as you're being open and honest with yourself. Matt, can I ask, how old were you when you moved in with your now wife? 41. Because that's the other thing that I'm going to say too, right? Is that it's, sometimes, it's okay. I feel like sometimes there's this rush. There's this feeling of a rush to make this kind of thing happen. Yeah, and no. actually, don't rush it. No, no, it, it, it doesn't. I mean, it matters if you have, you, you value certain things over wherever your life is going to be. But I never, to me, it was always, it just struck me as that like 10 year old girl who's like, I'm going to get married at 20 and have three kids by 25 and I'm going to be a princess. And it's like, you can't plan. I mean, I've laughed in the face of friends who were like, I'm going to marry someone of my exact same religion, laughed in their face and been like, good luck. Good luck telling your heart who to fall in love with. Because I've been on dates with people, I've been like, this person is everything I've ever wanted. I feel nothing. Yeah. No, you just don't know. You don't know. That's so. exactly right. I want to ask, just, sorry, one last question, Matt. Sorry, to, but you were but, talking about reading a book. Is there is there a book that you love about advice? Just real um, quick, just a little interlude right here. I, I, I think this the, the advice thing kind of is something I like to play off of people and have people on and have us both kind of work on a problem and be numbskulls together. Yeah, I've never been like Johnny advice. Like people never really came to me for a lot of advice. Maybe like you know younger comics sometimes, but like I just think it's fun, honestly. So like, but I will say I've gotten advice through literate metaphor. Let's say with the 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 like, did you ever read The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I took a I took a class called Visions of Hell in college. It was one of my favorite literature classes. And like, why we created hell? Why do we need hell? Why why do we still talk about it? Why does it scare us? You know, uh, this concept that people might think is real or is it? You know, but there was a, they read that book, and there was this there's this part where the woman gets to uh, the afterworld and is like, where is my son? Her son had died while she was alive. And I can finally be with him. They're like, he's fine. He's happy. Don't worry. We'll bring him here. I want him. I'm afraid we don't own each other here. So uh, he may find you. We shall, we will see. But right now I can just tell you he's happy. Bring my son. Like she's losing her mind. And it's this thing of like, you know, it not in, in, a, in a weird way that the, the gentleman who called about his father uh, was of, of failing health. Not that his father's like that, but it's like you have to put yourself in perspective of you can't, none of us can be that for each other. None of us can say, well, you're my this, so you do what I say. I want this. I want you for this. You do this. You know, there was a great doc that I watched about dads, and they interviewed all these famous dads about what they think being a dad is. And Will Smith, uh, at the end, nails it, where he's like, I think you're just a gardener. You know, you, you could be like, I want tomatoes, and something else grows. <laughs> it's your job to just nurture whatever this plant is. You know, it's, you know, so I don't, I'm just excited to see what she's kind of going to be, but her life is not my life. No, I, and I, I love that that's the book that you brought up because I actually think that speaks to a few of the different callers that we had this yeah. year. Because that's, that's absolutely right. I think there is, 
there's something to be said for the fact that part of life is understanding that we affect other people's lives, mm-hmm. but the only person we're beholden to is ourselves. Right. The, the only, I mean, of course, there's other levels of support and how much you get involved in other people's lives, but for the most part, it's your life. Yeah. And, and that's the life you got to live. Um, one of the books that helped me understand that a bit, if, if anybody else is out there looking for like a little advice is Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed. Just to, so we have two book recs. We got C.S. Lewis and Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed. It's like an advice column collection. But instead of actually telling people what to do, she just shares stories about her own life and you kind of walk away with a sense of like you learned something. And that's a really good one. Oh, that's great, man. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah, it's, it's, I feel like people who put themselves in a position, I, I remember an Onion article about a, it was like an 18 year old college student who really wanted to write a sex advice column. Oh, no. <laughs> you poor, this is this young girl who's like, I'm interested in sex. And it's kind of like, you know, you, no offense to 18 year olds but you don't know anything yet it's just so (laughs) anyone anyone who's like i should i should do an advice show or i should write an advice column is like you you shouldn't you know (laughs) you know that's why that you know that that, that, everything about this and i try to you know put it in a nutshell and you know beat people to the head with those like do not take this seriously the great thing is this thing does help because I've, i've lived a lot of lives in my life and I won't even say some of everyone I've had on this show has lived a lot of lives. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask someone who, who, on the show who I don't think is going to be interesting and, uh, or, 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 or be dickish. Even the people like, even the people who, who come off in their acts or you might think they're complete misanthropes or, or whatever. Like I, I, I know them as I know their kindness and I, I'm going to dig it out. You know, because especially because everyone, everyone who calls, the only thing I do, I'll make fun of people if they call on like on my callers and stuff, but I'm always going to take their, whatever their request is sincerely. I'm always going to go, all right, well, that's because everyone does. No one, when you hear these voices, no one goes, no one goes, oh, well, fuck this guy or, or what a loser <laughs> or anything like that, unless they're being a dick. But, you know, we filter those calls out. Right? <laughs> Bless me. But, um, uh, yeah, so it's, it's that, that's, that's, what's fun. It's fun because I'm not qualified, but I am just like everybody. Well, it's, it's usually the misanthropes that are the ones that can actually give the, the best advice. Cause they're the ones that are like, you know, yeah. I've done the damage. Here are the lessons that I've learned. It's the people that act like they're perfect that you got to watch out for in my personal experience. It's, yeah. it's, it's, so it's exactly right. The, the people that have the sense of built-in infallibility. Yeah, that 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 the the judgment of of well, I I'm a little beyond that. Or um, those are the ones that have the bodies in the closet. To to that to to that point to that point. This is this is one last thing that I'm gonna we're we're just talking about a little bit about people, uh, especially comedians who can, you know, there's the on stage persona and then there's the off stage persona. This is one of my favorite stories. I was lucky enough at one point in my life to interview Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, sure. Nice, nice. And so I'm on set. I was doing a show at the time. And I get like the producer in my ear and they almost never did this, but they were like, hey, we don't know what to tell you. Good luck with this interview. 
the man has no energy. Yeah. And I was like, it's Gilbert. God, what are you talking about? The man has, and they're like, we don't, we don't know if maybe he didn't get a cup of coffee this morning. What? Like, he's just oh. like, he's given nothing to nobody. And he did, he, he walks on the set. He looks up at me, he goes, hi. And I'm just like, oh no, what am I going to do for the next seven minutes? Yeah. And the camera guy goes, three. And immediately, Gilbert Godfrey just came alive in this beautiful, like, just like, I didn't, I don't think I said three words, Matt. I don't think, yeah. like, he was just a running ticker tape of his true, beautiful, beautiful stage self. And then when he was done, he, like, had a little team. He's like, oh, thanks so much. That was great. And, like, that, you know, it's just, you never, you never know who you're seeing at what different time. But that was this beautiful moment for me where I got to recognize, like, there's such a thing as some way there's the way a person acts and is publicly. And then yeah. there's the way that they survive and, mm -hmm. and keep them and, and, and like, and that usually is living a much more stable life. It's exactly. But it does make me think of Hollywood in the golden age where you'd have the, the actor who would be just falling down drunk in the cowboy outfit. And then would get on his mark and they're like, action. Now listen, we're all here in this town, you know, and that was, I forget, there were like three actors, I'm forgetting their names, but they were known that just like, and we cut and would go sit in a chair and go to sleep. And they'd be like, all right, uh, somebody wake up, you know, John Wayne or William Holden, whoever it was, and then get him back, get him back, get him back. And it's like, it's one of those weird things where it's like, no part of me is like, how cool. That's so fucking sad, but it's amazing. <laughs> that that's more impressive than juggling to me it's, like, <laughs> it's still a talent no you're right you're right it's a two-way street it's a two-way street as i like to say yeah but, but the street. fact that Gil, gilbert was like you know because he's i mean it, it's one of those things i think in his mind he's probably well first of all he's a little older and he doesn't really mess with you know and he's he's notoriously cheap so he only rides like greyhounds and stuff to get around and things i love that there's a documentary about him that's really funny. But like, he probably is like, I'm just going to save my energy till right now. And then we're done. And because whenever someone's always on, sometimes it's sometimes it's fun. But other times, if you see like the, I mean, I loved Robin Williams so much, but there was footage of him on movie sets where they, you know, cut and you'd go over the crew and start doing bits. And half of them are like, yeah, this is great. And then after a while, you're they're like, Hey, is he gonna stop, man? He's still doing bits. He's mm -hmm. still. I got a kid, man. I'm gonna. Get... <laughs> yeah. I love you, man. You know, but it was that thing of. You know, it gets it gets addictive. So it's like I, I did. That's when you as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, good. He's gonna be. I didn't know what that story was gonna be like. No, but no, of course it's it's gonna be that he's on. And that is, I mean, that's the thing. We we all find our, our different our different ways through life. I have a weird Robin Williams story too, but that's maybe that's a that's for the next time I'm on the podcast. I don't sure. know if you all I, like. I, I I have good ones too, but uh, you know, and and uh, you know, yeah, he was like a, a brilliant person, but just so tortured and you know all that jazz. But yeah, I've got a couple. So yeah, next time we come on, we're like, all right, we're gonna do a Robin Williams speed round, and then we'll do that. Um, so two things. I wanted to ask you what you're reading right mm -hmm. now. If you're really something you're digging. And also, second thing, what do you what do you want to plug if there's something uh, that you'd like people to know about? 
Well, I deeply appreciate that. So there's a couple of things. One, um, what I'm reading right now, like my favorite thing that I'm reading um, is Patricia, Patricia Lockwood has a, a novel in Fragments that's out right now. And it's called Nobody is Talking About This. And I think you would really love it, Matt. I think a lot of people that are listening to the podcast would really love it. And the, the premise of the book, and I'm not gonna give too, too much of it away, but you should just know that it's broken into two parts. And the first part is very much from the point of view of somebody that's been extremely online for the past eight to 10 years. Knows Twitter, like knows, like actually has maybe made a living off of making jokes online. Wow. And that's something I think a few, more than a few of us here can relate to. And so you read it, you open it, you, you might not, even if you haven't spent a lot of time online, you're not gonna get every joke, but that first part is still like a very delightful and enjoyable read. Then part two happens. And I thought it was the most tremendous novel that I've read in quite some time. I'm not gonna give it any away. It's cool. a short novel. You can read it in one sitting but I was bawling by the end of it. So that's the book that I'm reading right now. And again, shout out to Tiny Beautiful Things um, that I mentioned earlier in the podcast. And then the only thing I have to plug right now, I have a memoir in essays coming out next February called Dirtbag, Massachusetts. And the reason it's called Dirtbag, Massachusetts, like it's the name of the town is I lived in a town called Athol, Massachusetts which you can only assume everybody just called us asshole Massachusetts. And wow. so the publisher wouldn't let me call the book asshole Massachusetts. So it's called Dirtbag Massachusetts. Um, but that's coming out uh, in, in February of 2021, or sorry, 2022. And, uh, and yeah, and then how to be a pirate. If you've got kids or you've got nieces, take Matt's advice. Don't take mine. Pick up the book. Kids do really seem to like it. Yeah, it's really great. Uh, it's great. It's great for daughters, and it's also great for sons to kind of live through um, the perspective because we've all been there where we've been uh, denied and needed someone to kind of give us perspective. You know, yeah. what about? Are you reading anything right now that you love? Well, I just finished uh, Deacon King Kong by James McBride that was just blew my mind. He always blows my mind. He just mm -hmm. writes. Such a beautiful, beautiful. Good Lord, Lord, Good Lord Bird is one of my favorites. Good, yeah, Good Lord Bird is, is I, I read The Miracle of St. Anna last year, and that just made me almost fall on a, and it was just so moving, but also funny. Like his stuff is so moving, but so funny too. But Deacon King Kong, uh, I haven't, not since Good Lord Bird of his, that I, have, I, find, I read something that I'm just like, I fucking love this. Um, and, uh, I'm now reading a, a, a horror novel called The Boatman's Daughter that is deeply beautiful and disturbing. <laughs> uh, it, it's, just, it kinda, it's, it's somewhat supernatural, but also kind of ooh, just a backwoods bayou area of uh, Southern Texas and like the, 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 the this kind of like small time drug deal stuff going on with a corrupt sheriff and, and everything but it's 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 so dark but also so gorgeous and so weird which i really dug and um someone described it as a beautiful nightmare and it really is so i i, I don't know the author um let me put it in the thing so i can give them proper credit where you mentioned all your 
all your um here we go all your all your your andy davidson i've never heard of him before but i'm really digging it uh but that's if you want that's if you want something kind of freaky and scary and also also inspiring female protagonist it was great uh but yeah so that's what i'm reading right now that's that's high praise um when you can describe something as a beautiful nightmare um mm-hmm. Because I, I it's, horror is one in my favorite. You know, it's one of the genres that brought me in as a young reader was Stephen Same. King. Same. So, so I absolutely love a good horror book. I'll say this to the James McBride thing. Just one last funny story that I have there is sure. I had the honor of interviewing Ethan Hawke. Oh, right. In Good Lord Bird, you know the show. The show. Was one of those one of those moments where uh, it was for a book an independent bookstore. It was an online Zoom thing, much like this. And they've read our bios. Like they've, they've read our bios. And they'd gotten, they just gotten my long bio from somewhere. So it was literally just two minutes of them being like, then they were like, Ethan Hawke is an actor, producer, writer, and director. And I've never felt such shit. Like, it was like, we spent three minutes talking about this weird dude. And here's how Ethan Hawke knows how to put it into one sentence. Yeah, what, it, the, the Brian Regan bit of um, the, 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 the guy, of, the, of any of the astronauts who walked on the moon at a dinner party. Any, anybody who's like, <laughs> oh yeah, really? Gold medal, huh? Olympics? <laughs> I walked on the moon. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's like, yeah, it's just, but that's, there's somebody you put him in the room with and he'd be like, hi, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's Dustin Hoffman or whoever. You know, you're right. It's all levels. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. To that point, I think you've walked on the moon of life, Matt. I think so you. So have you. No, I think you've really gotten it figured out in a way. And I, I thought of a tattoo that you'd really appreciate that I saw. I saw a picture of it and it's, 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 uh, it's John Candy's face from uh, playing trains and automobiles with a little mustache mm-hmm. and, the, and, and the and the laurel wreath like the Romans, and he's looking off and he's smiling and he has his little bow tie on. <laughs> it says around it, "Go ahead, make fun, but you know what? I like me." <laughs> and that when I think of that, it's like that is that is it. That's how you have to be. You have to be your, you know, your biggest fan is a fucking stupid way to put it, but you really have to go, you know what? I like, I like this guy. I like me. You know, you, it, it sounds so lame, but you have to. So no, you have, you have, nobody, nobody's going to believe in you more than you're going to believe in yourself. And you got to have that confidence. And it's not going to do you any, any service to absorb someone's negativity about you, whatever it is. It's just, it just isn't worth anything. I mean, you're not going to rocky it up and do a montage and be a better artist. And, and it's just not, it's just, it, that's not how negativity works. It just isn't, yeah. you know, maybe if you're a hitman, you can kill more people, but like, it's not, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't. Even then you probably have a grandma hitman who's like critiquing your style and telling you you're not doing it as well as you should. And she's just like, I don't know. You could have left a little less blood on the crime scene. You know, there's always going to be some. <laughs> That splatter better than that. <laughs> Make it look like an accident at all. Oh. 
this was a joy, man. This is a blast having you on. I really appreciate it. I, I'm, I'm definitely going to have you have to have you on because it's like we're we're over what we usually do. But it was like I don't not that I regret that anyway. But it's like did we did, did we got to do a whole nother one at some. Point. Matt, I I always love talking to you. I'm sorry. I know I've I lost sun as as the day went on. That's not I, why. Oh, it's getting dark. It's fucking. Cut it. My ring, my ring lights in a, my ring lights in another house. That's not true. I don't have another house. <laughs> I love you so much, brother. And and I'm not joking. This I, this is gonna be the last thing I say, and I know you'll probably cut it. But like, I gotta tell you, man, it was something else to be sitting there watching the Super Bowl, and then to just have you on, bro. I gotta tell you, that was. I, I was like, it's not like there were Super Bowl parties this year, but if it had been at a Super Bowl party, I would have been knocking people's food out. I would have been like, I know that guy. I know that guy. Like, seriously, congrats on everything. Thank you. I, 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 I will say it was a great feeling to get all these people writing on Twitter. That It was a common thing that was, that was there'd be one person in their family that'd be like, Parker, and the entire, entire family or group of you know, friends would go, who? Ooh, I don't know who that is. Who is that? And that made me so much happier than if I was like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It's like, hey, it's Dwayne. It's the Rock. It's our Jesus. You know, you just, I like that there's that one out of 180 people, one person like back of the crowd. All right. You know, you know, I don't know. None of us know who that is. That guy's doing all right for himself. That's <laughs> all right. Good job, guy. Yeah. You are, man. You're doing a good job. I love you, brother. You too, Isaac. You too, man. I was, I will, I, when I, I'll look you up when I come to New York. I think I'm going to be coming in a couple months. So I'll hit you up. We'll be I can't, vaccinated. We'll have a martini. I'll be right there, brother. We'll go to Old Town. I can't wait. That sounds awesome. All right, buddy. Take care Thanks. of yourself. I'll see you, man. Oh, man, that was the best. Uh, if you want to call in, need some advice, want to say something, want to talk shit, whatever, uh, don't talk shit. But um, if you need some tongue-in-cheek advice from, uh, you know, me and my, uh, my, my scumbag guests, kidding, uh, call 323-763-0228. Again, that's 323-763-0228. Thanks. This Might Help with Matt Bronger was created and hosted by me, Matt Bronger. Produced by Outer Circle Media. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.